Welcome to Try Not to Blink, a podcast about the ups and downs, ins and outs, news, tips, and tricks of those who live the optometry lifestyle. We'd like to thank the amazing people at Valley Contacts who've made this podcast possible, makers of stellar gas permeable lenses and the oh-so-incredible custom stable scleral lens. In case you're wondering, I'm on the East Coast. My name is Dr. James DM. I'm joined by my talented co-host, repping the West Coast, Dr. Roya Habibi. What is up, Roya? It is Children's Eye Health and Safety Month. Oh, how about that? And I think we need to take that very important, very seriously. Yeah, I agree. I have some facts for everyone. One in four children has a vision problem. 60% of children with learning difficulties have an undetected vision problem. 70% of juvenile delinquents have an undetected and untreated vision problem. That's crazy. Like a public health issue. You That's know? all I got about that. It's like a real public, public health, health issue, issue, in my opinion. Yeah. I agree. What do you tell your, I know we've talked about this before, but you know, I'm asking for a friend. What do you tell your new parents who say, oh, I just had little Janie and when do I no. need to come get Janie's Yesterday. eyes checked? Janie's your, here. Like, We're going to check her eyes right now. We're going to do a comprehensive eye exam with her <laughs> Stop like, right with this it. second, put her in the chair. That is really my approach, what I say. Um, but I tell them, I tell them what, you know, we get from, uh, the AOA, I say, you know, every, um, you want to start at six months. Usually we're beyond that, but six months, first eye exam free infancy, mainly for you, the parent to learn how eyes develop and evolve. So that's number one. Number two, everything's good. Then we see them back at three months and five or three years and five years. Typically, if everything's good and healthy, we see them at three years old. They're starting to do like pre-K, pre-school, that kind of thing. And then at five, because they're going into kindergarten. And um, those are the the years. And, you know, based on, and I tell them based on that, you know, we'll tell you how often we need to see them. I mean, I very infrequently, if ever, we'll say every two years, I'll, I'll barely ever does it, those words come out of my mouth. But um, probably okay to do every two years for, you know, a emotropic or slightly hyperopic, you know, kid. Um, so I don't know that that's about what I say though. Yeah. I like that pitch. What about you? I like that. I say not as uh, much as that, but I do say that absolutely before school, <laughs> I should follow the, the AOA guidelines. I mean, now too, in my practice, we have a, um, pediatric ophthalmologist. So honestly, like for me, a little baby uh, younger than two, it's it's hard for me to incorporate in the normal flow of my practice. So I tell parents, go in, get your kids checked, make sure that they have healthy eyes so they can grow well. And then absolutely before school starts, whether it be kindergarten or preschool. So you can set your child up to learn, learn properly because they're not going to know how to complain about vision problems. And if they aren't seeing well, they aren't going to learn as well as they could. So that's usually my pitch. Come in when they're first baby, make sure they're developed well and are developing well and then um, come back before school. Yeah. Do you think three and five is really that different? Uh, Just like I real mean, talk. Because if you say yes, I'll do it. Here's why it's different. Uh, you know, as a parent, I will tell you there is a difference, you know. So I think that is the biggest difference is as a parent, you see the difference between a three and a five-year-old big time in their ability to communicate and their ability to experience the world and see the world and just live in the world. So I think as a parent, I have a totally different uh, appreciation for the difference between three and five. There's a huge difference, but in in their eyes, really changing, probably not a whole heck of a lot of difference between three and five. I think, you know, um, you'll you'll see 
probably, you know, amblyopic stuff going on at three, right? So I don't expect to see a three-year-old who's totally amotropic and everything's fine. Um, and then at age five, they come back and they're minus 10 or a plus five. You know, I, I don't expect that. Um, but at the same time, there is a big difference in their um, whole demeanor, three and five. So that that I True. think is the difference. So take that for what it is. Taken. I dig it. Um, speaking about Taken, we ran a contest with our sponsors, Valley Contacts, recently. It just closed end of July, and we had two winners. Um, we had a contest with them for a chance to win either a V-cone set, which is Valley's design for a keratoconic patient, or a reverse geometry uh, large diameter corneal scler- or corneal lens. And we had two winners. So um, very excited for them. And we are going to invite them on the show to talk about their experience. Um, but uh, very excited to be able to have that those sort of uh, opportunities for our listeners and provide them resources to be able to help patients with, um, you know, new options. So that's all I got about that. <laughs> all right, everybody. We are very excited again to have a guest join us here today and a lot to learn from this. Gen- I'm going to say young man. Yeah, I, I said it. And, uh, I believe it. He's. Are, do you think you're still a new grad? Are you still? I a feel new like grad? I just graduated. I'm still learning. I'm. I'm uh, short in the tooth. So. <laughs> I like it, Doctor Nick. Now I should have, uh, you know, cleared this with you before. But is it Lily? Lily, like I a flower. Yeah, did I say. I said yeah, it right. Yeah, I nailed, nailed it, it. right on the first time. Yes, he is a Michigander. Right, born and raised in Michigan is is that accurate or is that not accurate? Not born, but I've been raised in Michigan my whole life. Yes, he loves Michigan. He lives there, and uh, he does enjoy Michigan. We we're chit chatting a little bit beforehand. I want to learn more about Michigan, but he's an ICO guy. Uh, uh, graduated from ICO in 2011. It's kind of a a big time deal there. Um, they have his picture on the wall. He won all the awards top of the class i'm just kidding about the picture on the wall thing but he We're was working on that though i gotta get some more funding there you know right. if i donate a little bit more money then maybe we'll more that that's right Soon you enough. too you too could have your picture on the wall at ico yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh yeah but um he he yeah won all the awards uh and uh now um you know, I think uh, really, really cool is that he is uh, a private practice guy, right? My, yes, sir. Right? So he's a private practice guy in Michigan and also a fellow podcaster, which, you know, I think is uh, one of the coolest things, obviously, about, you know, joining here with not you. Biased. Is, yeah, not, yeah, we're we're not biased. Yeah, yeah. We're not biased. We like it's podcasts. The, and, it's what uh, the cool kids do, right? It is. <laughs> exactly. It's It's a... <laughs> You love to hate it and um, enjoy every aspect of it when it's all done, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but um, we we uh, uh, want to let you know about his podcast called The Ultimate OD, OD Ultimate OD, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. And one of the reasons we were able to, you know, connect with Doctor Lily was that he was actually a. Uh, first time, one of the first uh, uh, doctors to go through the CLIP program, right? Um, So we're going to talk a little bit about the CLIP program with Dr. Uh, Bauer uh, from Valley Contacts and uh, talk a little bit more about the CLIP program, why it may be helpful for you and your practice um, and uh, get a firsthand experience here from Dr. Lilly and Michigan. So Dr. Lilly, how the heck are you, man? Doing good. I'm uh, excited to talk optometry, and I like it. I have uh, two people that are very knowledgeable in the in the subject. So, well, you know, we just make it up as we go along. And yes. uh, if we don't know something, I tell patients this all the time. If I don't know it, I'll just make it up. <laughs> That's like more paid to do, right? That's right. Exactly. That's right. But confidently. You're right. That's right. So yeah. they're like, you're you're right. You're right. It's all in how you deliver the message. Couldn't it's agree more. Going to get you what you do. So. 
Dr. Lily, where were you born? Where were you uh, born and raised? Calcutta, India was where I was born. Shut wow. the heck up right yes, now. Sir. Yeah. And really? three months old, I was adopted. I'm one of five adopted oh, wow. children and all to uh, West Michigan. So, huh. wow. Okay, yeah. cool. Very cool. So it was not like, as I said, I wasn't born in uh, West Michigan, but that's where my heart and uh, yeah. life has been ever since. So yeah, absolutely. Super wow. Cool. That's very cool. Very neat. And uh, so you grew up in Michigan and uh, get, tell me, you know, I'd like to do this with folks. Tell me, you know, a couple things that you feel are so Michigan. Like, did you ever see the, um, you know, the memes that say, like, tell me you're from Michigan without being, without telling me you're from Michigan. So, yeah, oh, absolutely. What, what does that mean? Yeah. So, when Michigan, the first thing you're going to realize is that it's amazing because you get every season in one day. So, uh, you wake up, have shorts on, they have to put on the winter coat, love it. it starts yes. raining. You get a little bit of everything all in one. So All right. that's awesome. West Michigan is the best. I don't care what anyone says over on the Detroit <laughs> Where is that? side. Where is West that? Is that Michigan. Yeah, let me show you the map. Hold <laughs> up my hand. Yeah. West Michigan, where it's at. So I've been, you know, ocean to ocean. And in the summer, granted, that's a, about a three, maybe a two month period in Michigan. But in the summer, yeah. the <laughs> West Michigan beaches are the best. There's, better than the beach, better than the coastal beaches. Oh, oh better than the coastal beaches oh because God. there's no salt water. Right. And and sharks will not attack you in West Michigan. That's right. So get out there, do that. But West Michigan beaches are amazing. And then uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, Beer City. Oh, really? So all the uh, breweries, founders, uh, if you've had any of that, uh, Mitten Brewery, there's here. tons of breweries. Nope. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm just, just saying, I'm just you want to look at the cans. No. <laughs> you try to keep it professional, Doctor. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just Beer City, Beer City, <laughs> USA. That's Michigan for you. Okay, so. I didn't, I've never heard that, so I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, if you're coming to Michigan, which fact. I think you are, you have to check right. those out. Don't I mess around. Will. Okay. okay, all right. I have a couple questions because, you know, everyone needs to know you as soon as possible, and we don't have that much time. So a couple questions. I'd like to know, first things first, would you rather teleport or fly? Hmm. I would rather teleport because I don't have the time to fly. Ooh. Okay. I need right. to get there now and get things done. So get me there right. quickly. Ooh. Would you, how do you take your coffee? You uh, go to the Starbucks. What do you order? Uh, I would get a chai tea latte okay. with almond milk. With cold almond. or hot? Uh, I just had my first cold one. And actually, <laughs> I think that's what I'm going to go with because it's more versatile, <laughs> right? The hot's going to get cold. The that's cold true. will be there all throughout the day. That's so true. I'm, I'm good to go on that. I like that. I like that. Would you rather go to space or go to Atlantis? Uh, I'm going to space. I don't like underwater stuff. With that I Jeff Bezos or with, uh, who's the other guy uh, from uh, Tesla? Oh, Elon. Elon. Elon, Elon, Elon Musk all day. I was thinking Richard Branson. I'd, I'd say no to that. But Elon, dude, yeah. that guy's got to be fun, right? So it would be, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some crazy things would be going on up there. Um, okay. All right. I feel like we know him already, but there's one last question. We're going to ask him now. This is important. Him? All right. Can't wait. The most important question we need to know is what is your spirit animal? Oh, yes. This is and- the. This is very, yeah, because people are going to judge you based on this. They don't, yeah, they, I want them to you, judge me. they don't know you, they can hear you, but they're going <laughs> to judge you based on this question alone. In fact, a lot yeah. of people just listen until this part and then they just turn it off. Well, they hear Lion, King of the Jungle. That's me, baby. <laughs> nice. Got nice. the blood on the, on the mane. Do what you have to do to survive. Ooh. Take care of your family. Ooh, yeah. All right. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's my spirit animal right there. I, I like dig it. that. I don't. Yeah. I don't think we've ever had a spirit animal of lion either, and I'll. I'll tell you, that's surprising because it is. I don't want to say it. It's almost like up there with eagle, right? Like no, I it's think almost a lion up there is... with eagle, but we don't. No. We've never had one, so I think it takes a lot of courage and like no. you know, like you're a lion. You you believe it. You you can't just say like everybody's like, oh, I want to be an eagle. It's majestic, but a lion like that is. Uh, you got to mean it. Yeah, 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 that's good. That's really good. And like bird animals are aloof. And so like I don't think that's good versus <laughs> lions are more like, like I don't want to really... say manipulative, but like no, they gotta get things not. done. They gotta well, right. they've gotta like figure out the situation and assess it and make it work to their own advantage. No, not afraid to hunt. Not afraid to hunt. Gotta hunt. Okay. On that same note, 
Let's talk some fun stuff. So you kind of like right off the bat, right out of school, started a private practice, no? Or tell us your yeah. story of how you got into that. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, optometry school, I was the biggest nerd ever. I'd sit what there do you and mean study by lunch. Yeah, yeah exactly. uh, let, let me elaborate. Let me tell you. So I, I, I uh, would study all weekend and every day. So I, I, I'd have to hit like three to four hours of studying a day, uh, even during classes and stuff like that. So I'd go there. To keep I'm up? Little, or because like that was your thing? To keep up or that was your thing? Uh, I'm a little bit paranoid. So I <laughs> thought I was going to flunk out. Okay. I mind you, and again, not this is not braggadocious, but to say how ridiculous that was, I, I had like a three nine seven when I graduated. I was valedictorian, <laughs> right? Yeah. But I thought literally every semester I was going to flunk out, <laughs> right? And I needed to go after this, and I want to know everything like the back of my hand. Yes. And that first year when people would leave, uh, I stayed and tried to get clinic hours. Right. <laughs> I, I just wanted to get in there. So and what, every, I want to ask you a question about this. Hit me with it because I. I'm very similar. Like I, that, that was, that's what I did too. I, I put my all into it. I wonder, is it, did you really think you were going to fail out or did you want to be the best? Like I, and that's not, I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to be the best, like, or just, was there some competitive nature yeah. oh, to that too? A hundred percent competitive. So my, my background, if, if you don't know, uh, you wouldn't think it by looking at me. I'm, I'm 5'4", 140 right now, right? But I played college football. So at Saturday, really? I, yeah, I was a running back, right? Cool. And uh, I didn't get there for my size or one. I, I had some athletic ability, right? And when I got to college and I realized that uh, we were at Saginaw Valley when I was there, like seven NFL players were ranked number one in the nation. We were really, really? good. Wow. I made it on. I traveled all this, but I realized I'm not going pro. Right? That's just a realization I had to accept for myself. I was not going to go pro. <laughs> and I looked around. I'm like, man, I, I want to be good. Like I looked up to athletes and all that. And I actually was pretty good at school. Right. So <laughs> nice. that's my thing. I'm like, I may not be Tom Brady. I may not be Peyton Manning, but I can work <laughs> just as hard at this school thing. And that'll be my thing. Cool. Yes. And as, as weird as it sounds, uh, I would see this as like, this is, we have a, we have a test, right? That's my game. Yes. Game day. So I prepare, get ready, do everything I need to, and my technique is going to work better than yours. And I'm competing against all the people around me. Same thing in optometry school. Again, I was a little worried, intimidated when I first got there, but then it was like that drug, right? Yeah. I want to keep being the best yes. I can if I'm going to do this. And I want to be at that same elite level because I admire those athletes. And I just, I, I'm not that good of an athlete. I'm not an Ironman triathlete, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, it takes, you know, insanity. That's right. The best. That's right. right. That's, but I get that. I get that. I understand well, it. And that's why right. I heard, I kind of feel that vibe in you. Like what pushes you to do that? Right. Because in optometry school, and I don't think this is the right thing. Um, we could talk more about this, but you know, in medical school, right. And in dental school, you're competing for something, right. right. And not everybody has the desire to compete. Once they're at that level, some people just want the DR and they're happy, you know, forgive me for anybody that has loved ones that are family, doc family practice doctors or internal medicine doctors or whatever. Fantastic, you know, thing to do. Uh, but usually it's the top of the class that goes on to do other specialties other than family medicine. That's just typically the way it is. So, but in optometry school, not the case, right? We're not really right. competing for anything. Um, Right. But right. I feel the same way. I wanted to, I was there and I wanted to work hard to be the best. I really wanted to be the best for my, really for myself. But again, you had that, maybe you had that competitive nature. Uh, and I, I just had that vibe about you. I just, I just felt it. Uh, yeah, but that's sure. great. Well, I love it. But in the same token though, the, I love business too. Right. And that's the most competitive nature. So what are you going to sell in business? What do we sell ourselves? Right. Mm -hmm. If you know what you're doing, if you're going to be good, if you're going to start a practice cold out of school, you got to know what you're doing. Because yeah. the one thing and I know that, Roy, you have like 16 other doctors you work with. I got right? a solid group. Right. And yeah. Jimmy, you have like five other doctors you work with. Right. right? Yep. Did you guys have co counterparts from the moment you graduated? Right? Yes, I did. OK. I started cold. I didn't hire a single one with any knowledge. Right. <laughs> I was just in there. And if I had something going on, I yeah. couldn't look for help. I couldn't really maybe text totally. someone or whatnot, but I, I thankfully, because I worked so hard, I felt confident enough to jump off the cliff and learn how to fly on the way down. 
right? And that's, that's where all ah. that stuff that I, I thought about and studied for made me prepare for where I, where I got to. So went after it and just have been slowly trying to build the business since. Yeah. Well, it's, it's fantastic. And I think a lot of people need to hear that. I think it's, it's, uh, in many aspects of life, right. You know, there, that, that can be so applicable to, to many, many things. So you, what do you, you grad- go ahead. What do you think then for, I mean, you know, kind of what Jimmy was alluding to when it comes to the MD realm, when you are kind of competing for those top fellowship spots and kind of similar, uh, you know, application to optometry, if we think about it that way, everyone loves to talk about residency. Yep. And right now I'm the odd man out. I did one. But tell me a little bit about your perspective when people come to you. I mean, you graduated valedictorian. Yeah, tell me you didn't sure. have all your professors saying you should do a residency. Like, what, are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I think it's, it's if you want to be in academia, if you want to do work for a medical group, right? Do that. It'll it's what you need to do to have those credentials, right? It's how you're judged by the outside world. But I'll tell you this right now, and this is what I tell them. You can do the residency, but tomorrow I can say I can do everything you can do. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing you're going to tell me about that, that, you know, you may do it better or whatnot, but at the same time, I can still do it, right? Yep. And there's nothing set that says I can't learn on my own. The problem that I think uh, us as educated professionals have is that we think everything has to be done in a classroom. Everything yeah. has to be done in school, right? And we'll, we'll get to that with the CLIP program, but yep. you have so many resources that I don't care if it's business, I don't care if it's how to be a better athlete, how to be an optometrist, you know, once you get obviously your, your credentials, you can learn that on your own. And Done. if you want to go, if you want it bad enough, you can learn, you can do it. So if you want to go and do that academia route, if you want to be, uh, you know, in that medical group, go for it. If you want, if you're just unsure and you want the extra bit of, you know, training, absolutely. But if you're doing it because you think it gives you, you know, any, any kind of leg up in a private practice setting, realize I can do everything you can do. The guy down the street can say the same thing you can do. You have to be able to put the proof in the pudding, right? You have to be able 100%. to deliver the results. So well, that, I think that's kind too, of what I would tell anyone that asks. I love it. I think a lot of times too, at least with my program, I did one in scleral lenses, right? Or whatever, medical contact lenses. So, and unusual to most schools, I had a lot of the practical, like how much does this cost? You need to talk about pricing. There isn't a 90 day or unlimited window for fitting. Like, but I don't think that always happens. I think a lot of times we come out of school and are like, you have keratoconus, you're going to get free contacts, (laughs) which is not true, especially as a practice owner. But Let's just go straight to a little bit about CLIP slash you have started what you call specialty lens consultants. First of all, let's talk about that first because I think it's super cool. Tell us why you created that and what it's all about. Yeah. Can it get, follow me down a path here a second? Okay. Yes. So so we're, uh, you're going to tell me your numbers. Okay. So there's a pair of Jordan shoes. Uh, how much do you think those cost? 200 bucks. I have no, okay. Gotcha. (laughs) Jordan shoes. They're a limited edition. Okay. Um, how much are those? 500. Okay. Thousand. Michael Jordan wore these shoes in a NBA game. Where that, where's that at? 50, uh, I don't know. Five grand. 5,000. Yeah. Okay. 5,000. And then last game, last game you've ever played, he played them, he wore them, he signed them. How much is that? 20,000. 120,000. All right. So we went from okay. 200 to how much? Where you guys end up? 150 grand. And what changed about the shoes? Their uh-huh. uniqueness, there. their um, the individuality. Oh, the, the story. story. Right. Scleral Special Lens Consultants is adding to my story. Okay. Right? It's how I'm going to separate myself from everyone else. So if you look at optometry, uh, we're they're commoditizing us, right? It's yes. just, hey, you can, I can go here and get an eye exam. I can go here and get an eye exam, right? right? What can I do differently? How can I set myself apart? How can I stand out from the crowd? This is my story. So like if you look and you're driving down the road, you can get an exam anywhere. And it's hard to get someone to come, you know, 10 miles to see me because there's a guy down the street. Right. Sure. But I have people coming 30, 40, 50 minutes to see the special lens consultants because we fit mm-hmm. sclerals. <laughs> That's how you set yourself apart. That's how you build a business. That's how you, you separate yourself. So I'm changing my story. 
right? That, that's how I see it is. That's why I started that. It's a little bit different because we're rebranding my actual office to not be geo-specific. So Allendale Family Vision is coming Family Vision Optical. Maybe cool. I can pull from a little bit bigger, but other doctors won't refer to Allendale Family Vision, yeah. right? It's just that's how we operate, right? Yeah. But they'll refer to special lens consultants, right? Oh, so DBA, yeah. et cetera. I build this up and now I have the ability to have that be a separate entity in downtown Grand Rapids, pull even more or whatnot, but you got to start somewhere. So the whole idea was how can I get other people to send me patients, which is yep. awesome. And yes. then what's the thought long-term? Can I make this something on its own and have you know someone like Roya who does a residency? Now I appeal to you because we're doing exactly what you went to school for, yes. right? Yes. It's just in a business mindset, that's what I thought would be a Advantageous. Okay. So I made made the DBA and we're running with it from there. So you had training specifically at the Cornea Center of for Clinical Excellence at Illinois Eye Institute when you're in school. Yes. And and some. I'm sure we all have extra stuff here and there, but a little more focus at that location. You've obviously been practicing for a bit. Yep. And then like what how did that sort of mold? Like, did you always kind of want to do this or like has it sort of grown as you've grown in your practice or how did that sort of take shape? Yeah. So for sure, when you start, you know, practice, you take what you can get. Right. And as you're going through, uh, I do a lot of refractions. My average age of my patient is 20 to 29. Right. Yeah. And you're not going to get a lot of disease, dry eye. They're healthy, young patients. As I've grown my office, uh, I wanted something more. I love the business side. I really love, you know, the day-to-day talking, but I feel like, you know, you look at yourself in the mirror, I think it could be better. I think it could sure. do more. So you're trying to find a niche. I like sports, looked into sports vision, just not my thing. All right. Yep. I looked into dry eye. I, in, uh, Roy, you, uh, you treat watch dry yourself. Eye, right? Yeah, watch I know, yourself. right? Right. Man. The most unhappy patients I have are dry eye patients. Now, not, that's not a that's not a Sjogren's patient You're that gets a it's worse than our glaucoma patients. You got to do well, both. They're very true. Yeah. Okay. You got to right. do it all. Yeah, they're, they're side by side, right? But again, <laughs> they just weren't happy, and that's that's not my thing, right? Definitely. So, vision therapy again, sports vision, same type of thing. Uh, myopia management. I thought that's going to be my thing, and I got into it. And the thing about myopia management manager is it's like the wild wild west right now and with insurance not covering anything that's a tough conversation to have and when you're talking to parents jimmy you have kids you know how this is we don't care like you can tell me okay 10 years 50 years down the road they might not have an eye disease hey are they going to be functional tomorrow like (laughs) is this going to help them you know they can see with their glasses on they can still play sports with their contacts on it's a tougher sell because there's we haven't got the information out yet Right. Mm -hmm. And then throw me a scleral lens. And once I found out how that worked, insurance covers it. The people need you. Right. They'll seek you out. Yes. And three things that give you a wow factor in what we do. One, you get a retinal detachment or some crazy disease. Right. Two, that kid that gets their first exam, you give them their first pair of glasses. Well, if you ever have a cone or a Sjogren's patient and you get them from like their 2050, 2400 or whatever, you let them see 2020 in that fitting. Super fun. You give them their life back. That's Super amazing. Fun. So yep. it, it, it's rewarding in that sense. And people will, will pay to get it. You know, it's, it's, it's perfect for what I want to do. And there's so much art and science to it. You know, we're yep. talking curves and fenestrations and all that. And it, it's scary if you don't know what you're doing, but getting into it, that gives me excitement that there's room for me to grow in this specialty. Love it. So you started or how long have you, cause you, you started, I'm sure like this has been around, so it's not like you haven't fit contacts, but tell me your timeline on creating specialty lens consultants slash joining or going through the clip program. Yeah, for sure. So I, I tried really hard. I think on uh, Gary Gerber's podcast when he was still running that, right. Someone from the SLC or special lens society, SLS, right. Yes. Was talking about scleral lenses. And when I was in school, we didn't have sclerals. Right? I didn't get mm-hmm. taught sclerals. Sure. And yeah. I heard this. I'm like, hey, back this in is- my day. Yeah, back in my day. Yeah. Uh, no. So that was really, really like, okay. When we were students. Yeah. It really came right after us. Yeah. I think. Right. So it, it planted the seed. And I live in Grand Rapids. Art Optical is right there. 
Okay, so I started talking to my art. Hey, what what can we do uh, and whatnot? And honestly, everywhere else, I went to a academy meeting. I went to a SLS lab, wet lab. And honestly, I was discouraged. The All the other things, they make it sound so difficult. They make it sound so hard. There's so many nuances. Give me examples. Yeah, so exactly. It is kind of um, overwhelming because it because you know it can really suck your time, cost money, and freak a patient yeah, ex- out. Exactly. But from what the, makes it hard from someone who's kind of freshly learning? Like say things that were triggers, like oh god, this may be too much. You know what I mean? Yeah, for well, people who I mean, hear it, when they're when they're telling you. So comparison: when you hear you need a slit lamp and a fitting set and some fluorescein, or yes. you need this super like um, drawn blank. What what's the machine Eaglet. that they? Eaglet. Yeah. You need Eaglet. <laughs> you need, uh, OCT. put it on the eye and have it. Yeah. All these, all these crazy things of equipment. And when you're a private practice owner, you have to pay for that. Right. Yeah. Now you see your, your return on investment is just plummeting. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. and it, it's unfortunate in what we do. If you talk to anyone else in private practice, how do you get paid for this? How do you get insurance? And they all misdirect you or they won't tell you what the what they charge or what their protocol is, how they do this. So even how do I schedule these patients? How often do I see them? What does an exam look like? Yes. Uh, what's a fitting look like? I have to take 20 minutes and let it settle. Just all of those nuances, which again, you, you kind of heard from my background. I like to be as prepared as possible. I want to know everything yes. I'm walking into and be able to have my staff trained, have the patient have a great experience because that's how you grow something. And if totally. I don't even feel confident about it, how are we going to get this to happen? Right. right? How am I going to look at my staff in the eye and say, this is our future, but I really don't know what's going on. Right. <laughs> right. We're getting there. So, We're flying so on the way what, down. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's <laughs> what worried me. It's like, okay, I can do this, but I'm not going to get paid for it. I don't know how to, like the first time I put a lens on the eye at the uh, wet lab and Academy, yeah. uh, they're telling me, and, and I know you guys talked about this when you're like, yeah, do you see uh the thickness of the lens versus the fluorescein strip. Oh yeah, I see that. No clue what I'm looking at. <laughs> yeah. No, no idea. And you're looking for the mark. Like I love the custom stable elite. Only one I've really fit. It's been awesome. Fit works from everything I've done, right? Yes. And you're trying to find the uh, marking for the torque marking. Yes. And it looks like a bubble, and I can't find that, <laughs> right? <laughs> and you know they're in the slit lamp, and the worst thing you have is a doctor. If you're in a group, a room of other doctors, and you get a slit lamp, and everyone can see what you're doing. You know, first thing he yeah. says, oh, this is not my slit lamp. Well, how do I adjust these things, right? You just yeah. laugh at each other. And you don't want to get in there, but you can't see. You don't know what you're looking at. Yeah. You just say, hopefully that camera is not going to show that I can't see this. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to focus well, that well. Yeah. Right. So exactly. So that that's what you went through when you're you're getting it. Now, flip to Dr. Bauer. And me and Dr. Bauer went to Saginaw Valley together. All right? Oh, cool. We, oh, I know yeah. from then okay, we were the Health Professions Club and – sent her a message like she sent me a letter when she left uh, one of the prestigious uh, corneal consultant firms in Grand Rapids like hey I'm doing this are you interested instantly sent back yes sign me up what what do I need to do and again she was like slow playing because she didn't have any of the programs I was, there. Yeah. I was the eager beaver ready to go right <laughs> yeah and then uh the cool thing is she step by step every question would answer it and she made it so I wasn't afraid Right. Yep. Our, our first thing is one, do no harm. If you have a cone, if you have a transplant, you're worried you're going to do something that's going to mess that up. Right. right. She, she eased my fears, um, made me think, OK, I'm I'm not going to hurt them Two, She told me, like, these are the codes you use. She couldn't go as far as saying, like, exactly charges, but these are the ranges that she's seen. Thank yep. you. That's helped. Here are the codes that you use. This yep. is what you do. Awesome. Now I have a thing. And then she's like, get as many as you can get. I'll come in and spend the day with you and we'll fit these. And uh, the thing that I'll tell you, and we've talked about this earlier, any doctor will say, you know, if I have to take a class, I'll take it to learn something, right? And we'll spend five, six, seven thousand dollars $7,000. But you ask a doctor to pay to get one-on-one training and constant support, you're like, oh, no, that's not, that's a waste of money. I don't want to eat that, <laughs> yeah. right? We so turn into the biggest every- like cheapskates, right? Mm-hmm. Right, absolutely. So <laughs> worth every penny. And she came, she walked me through, answered all my questions, and then I had that resource. So anything that happens, there's a few times where I'm like, hey, quick text her, hey, this is what's going on, what are you? And she just, she gave me the answers, right? Yep. It's that thing I didn't have when I started the private practice, I had that now. Awesome. And that that gave me confidence to do it. And then I did a couple of them. I did like five uh, with Dr. Bauer, and I've done probably about seven or eight 
on my own since, and they've been going great. And awesome. we walked through, and I basically said, she just made it easy and sort of, if it's tight, do this. If it's loose, do this. If you see this, yes. like a yes or no. And again, when you listen to all these webinars or whatnot, they have the most extreme cases because that's what people going to the webinars want to hear, right? Yes. But you can start really easy, just with yes. a dry eye. And my mentality is if I'm going to do something, I'll pay to learn because it's going to help me on the back end. So the first five patients, I said, hey, this is something new we have. I'm learning another doctor will be here. I'm going to comp you the lenses if you come in and just work with me, right? And, right. and took them in. And it was amazing because I got confidence. I learned. And now if I look at what I've gained from what I'm doing now, it's worth every penny. Easily. Mm -hmm. No, I love that. I mean, I think too, it's easy to look at the general steps to do things. But I mean, one thing that I think about sometimes, especially when you have your run of the mill, especially a dry eye patient actually is usually kind of the easier patients to do as opposed to starts getting complicated when Maybe they have fuchs. Maybe they have post-transplant. Maybe they have, you know, weird, comp complicated problems. Now they have a bleb or now they have a pinguecula or things that are harder to get around or actually dangerous to put a lens around. You need to also recognize your level of confidence in dealing with a problem. And sometimes, too, in the beginning, it's hard to recognize that. And then it, it just feels like too overwhelming. Right. So sort yep. of realizing your slow pitches, don't start on the hardest patient ever because those people are the most appreciative that especially have already used to the lenses. Yep. Um, so I think it's really nice to have someone that really helps guide you through those things because it's almost like she is. I mean, obviously, her role in this program is much bigger than that. But once you get past the little learning curve of, you know, your first five patients, your consultant is that person, right? You call 100%. and you talk to your consultant and they are that person for you. Like, I don't know what to do. You don't have to feel like that doctor in the room with all the other doctors looking and you're embarrassed because you don't know what to do. The consultant right. literally does slow pitch you the answer nine times out of 10. You just have to figure out when to say, I don't know what to do. And they can give you advice. 100%. And I, I think the coolest thing that I took from it is the basics are what you need. Like when you actually put the lens on the eye, even before that, like how do you put on the lens? What do you, what do you fill it with? What solutions do you need in the office? What, yes. what just that, that preparation kit. So you know, you have what you need, right? Yes. You can figure out everything else along the way, but where do you start in from a simple terms, like just yes. basic one-on-one. And that's, that's what I felt like I got with it. And even, and even the fact that she's literally said, Normal eye, start with this lens. If it's a irregular cornea, start with this lens and exactly. then kind of go from there. Oh, deal. Simple. Yeah. I like that. Super like it, it just made it so easy to digest. And then I start listening to these other things and I start, if it gets a little too hairy, I'm like, no, what did Dr. Bauer say? Just take <laughs> it easy when that comes in. Yes. You know, we'll, we'll address that. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But don't start fighting battles that aren't there to be fought and let yes. that discourage you from starting. Right. Totally. Totally. So that if it, nothing else, that's what I think she did. She just gives you that ability to take the next step to get into the game. Love it. So it's been how long since you did it now? I think I started October of last year. So cool. well, we're, we're closing in on a year, nine months now. Awesome. Fantastic. Awesome. Yep. Yep. Doing awesome. I've had, so we did initially that first run five patients. And then I, I talked my wife into it cause I like, Hey, you have dry eye. Let's go <laughs> yeah. after it. And, uh, then I've had since then we've had that that now this is the next step of the evolution right you yes. you get the you get the skills you know what you're doing that's where Elsa Slee comes in and that I've always had that that ability to kind of separate and work on having that CEO mindset so don't yes. look at the trees look at the forest how do we grow so I started the DBA and then I am working on getting the message out there so one organically on my end we're sending letters to anyone and everyone rheumatologists uh, corneal specialists. Um, I think corporate doctors are great to send to because they don't have time or when totally. they can do it, but they'll send you a patient because they just not their, their business model. Right. Totally. And then once you get that, we are putting out on social media. I had so many people that my sister saw your ad. And she <laughs> thought that this would be good for me. Change your life. 
Right. Oh, okay. And then that's my biggest one to put out there. And then internally, you know, you have patients totally. that now you see, once you see that you can't, you can't unsee it. Right. Yes. It's, a, it's, a, it's that owl mantra. If uh, your only tool is a hammer, everything's going to be a nail. If your yes. only tool is a scleral, everyone's a great candidate. So <laughs> now that I have that mindset, I'm just going through my patients as they come in. Hey, I know she has this much sill or this. And even the patients with vision, um, managed care, it's a VSP is amazing. Totally. Right? I do so much managed care and VSP will pay for these things. IMED will pay for these things. And the patients are appreciative. They're like, I've never heard of this. How come no one said it? Brand yes. new technology just brought it to our office. I wanted to make sure you knew about it. Yeah. If you're interested, let me know. And there we go. And yep. it just starts the ball rolling. And one thing leads to another. And now you have something that's uh, starting to take off. And that, that's where I feel I'm at with, with that. So you, you know how to do it. You have to put the word out. You have to yeah. get it in front of people's eyes and let them know you do it. And that's kind of what, uh, what I've been fortunate enough to, to grow from. I love it. I mean, squirrels are fun. I, I think too, while they do feel like a hammer sometimes, you do get burnt sometimes too. So I always tell my patients, I don't want to oversell this lens because right. it's not a silver bullet. It's not perfect for everything. And it still is an annoying contact lens. <laughs> but uh, absolutely. it is amazing what it can do. And so having the, I think too, the biggest thing that I like to tell everyone is whether you're going to do it or not, you just need to know that it's available and it doesn't feel like a GP lens. And you don't have to fit it, but you better find someone in your area that does a decent job. It may 100%. not be in your same city, but you just need to have that resource. And it's awesome to be able to reach out. Another big group of docs that I've hugely tapped into in the past year and a half is um, Oculoplastics. Plastics. Okay. Because they are, <laughs> people's lids don't shut well. And They're sclerals are amazing right? for that. Ptosis or, you know, uh, post Bell's palsy or you know anything where a bad bluff their lids don't close all the way and now they have really bad dry eye and are constantly in pain because of exposure which is nothing can be treated really when you have a bad exposure so a scleral is amazing for that so they're a great target group too if you're trying to get yourself out marketing for anyone listening for sure. And it's really cool too. Like when I, we were talking about, uh, Jimmy and I were talking about before this, uh, like the Academy meeting or whatnot, isn't it kind of cool to go there and know, like I can, I can go to the contact lens session and I can apply this to my office tomorrow. Like yeah. that's what bothered me is I go to like, when I first started, I didn't have an OCT, didn't have a visual field. So really kind of hard to treat glaucoma. So I go to a glaucoma lecture. I'm like, well, that's something I won't be able to utilize for X, Y, or Z, or go to a vision therapy lecture and you don't really have that program set up, go to a scleral lens, you fit sclerals. Cool. I can apply this information. It makes CE that much more fun. I yeah. love to learn. And I think if you're an optometrist, if you're doing what we do, we love to take this in, right? We yeah. love to learn. And that that's just cool to have that extra thing. Like it makes you feel a little bit special, right? Just a little. Yeah. No, no, definitely. Right? So, which yeah. is good for just work life, feeling good about what we do. Love it. Amen. Amen. I love it. I, I love that you've taken the bull by the horns and we've, we've had a, a mixed group of, uh, you know, folks that have gone after specialty lenses, scleral lenses, um, you know, a lot of past residents and a lot of, you know, folks that have had that formal education. Um, so I think, you know, to have another fellow, uh, non-residency trained doctor and, uh, you know, grab by the, grab the born, uh, horn by the bull, <laughs> the, the bull by the horns, um, type of guy and, uh, going for it is, uh, something that a lot of our listeners can identify with and hopefully, um, you know, use that, uh, experience to make a change in their practice. And, you know, that, that investment that you mentioned, you know, as far as the clip program, I think, you know, it's the best kind of investment that you can make. Um, you know, one of the interest I hear all the time from, uh, and you probably do, all of us do, um, hear about, uh, you know, new, uh, students, right? Like, uh, undergrad students or, uh, college students thinking about going to optometry school, thinking about the debt that they're going to incur by going into optometry school. And I just tell them, you know, it's the best investment you're ever going to make in your life. You know, I mean, I, 
you know, I, I, I buckled I down. That 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Best investment you're going to make, you know? So I think the worst investment is money that you don't do. You know, it's something you don't do something with. Right. So Perfect. same thing with residency. You know, if you do a residency, you don't do anything with it. Bad investment, bad investment in your year, bad investment in, you know, the money you could have made making more money out in practice, you know, your first year. Um, but uh, the, the other thing on that too that I, I don't yeah, think I've said enough think? is what uh, what our education, what we're our job affords us to do, the things that we can do in our community, the respect that we get. Uh, when people you're the eye doctor, right? You get to walk in so many more doors that other people won't get to because of your status, and the things you can do with that are amazing. So even say optometry isn't your full passion, optometry will allow you to do your passion, to get into that room, have that conversation and start that reading program or start that uh, nonprofit that you always wanted to. So that's the other thing, other end of the spectrum is say what you really love isn't profitable, isn't isn't something where you could just make that and live off that the way you want, right? Optometry is a great profession that you can set your hours, set your agenda, and do what you love. So that's something that I, I love about what we do. Well, speaking about loving what we do, tell us about Ultimate OD. Yes. You just love optometry so much you just couldn't get enough and wanted to start a podcast, huh? 100%. And then I just <laughs> talk about optometry. I didn't know. I, I, I told my wife helps produce that with me. Awesome. And I'm like, I just get, I could sit and talk about this on my own. I don't care if everyone listens. It's cathartic for me, right? <laughs> yeah. So, what it's evolved to is what I I always wanted was something where if you listen to this, I could apply it tomorrow, right? Yep. I don't really talk clinical because, again, when I talk to you, Roya, uh, Jimmy, the stuff that you do, there's a little bit, sometimes you get the imposter syndrome, like, man, I don't. I don't know about that Fuchs or uh, <laughs> the the blab and this. I'm like, ah, if I were into that, I might not be the best person. So it gets a little worrisome, right? So again, you have to get over that. But when it comes to how can we be the best at customer service? How do you motivate your staff? What things can you do to do that? I love that. I love business. I love reading about marketing and like behavioral economics. What can I do to incentivize people to come to my office? What love can it. I do to make my staff work harder? And I, I have that conversation. Give us, give, like a, 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 give us like your favorite tip right now on how to motivate your staff. So to work three harder. things, three yeah. things I have for you. One, uh, you cannot give excellent customer service unless you've received excellent customer service, right? So mm -hmm. ask yourself, where's the best restaurant you guys have ever eaten at? Mm -hmm. All right. And I asked and got it. In Grand Rapids, one of the best places, even though it's a chain, Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Right. Sure. So we did a whole thing. I'm like, all right, I'm going to take you guys to Ruth's Chris. We're going to you're going to earn it. Right. So three days leading up to it. First day, seven, deadly, seven deadly sins of customer service. Why do people leave an office? And I had an article and then they had to talk about it. What are the seven deadly sins? What do we do in our office to counteract that? Right? So they did that. Next day leading up to it, uh, same thing, but why millennials leave the office? And then what can you do to address this? So again, we went from all as a whole office, what we've done to millennials, a newer generation, and what can they do? The last thing was, what can you learn from your uh, waiter or waitress in why not? Very applicable for where we're going. Before I did that, I said, what are your expectations? Because a big thing that I was talking about is expectation and reality. That's that's how you make people happy is sure. meet their expectations, right? So we did that, gave them a list of their expectations. We went out to eat. I said, when we get there, we're there to have fun, just talk, eat, go over everything, but take it in, right? So we did that. And then you should be, you'd be surprised, like, they looked at the floors. I'm like, what were the bathroom? Like, how do they present the food and menu? How can we apply that for what we do? And the, I've had, I've never had my office so clean. I've never had the staff, <laughs> uh, like knowing why we have a certain AR coding or whatnot and be able to explain it like it's a menu. So that's one thing that I did. Number two, when people come in and they look at their optician, how do you think they judge style? What are the two things they look at aside from their glasses? Their outfit. Yeah. They look at their shoes and their nails. Right. Ooh, okay. I have all, thankfully, all female staff, you guys, you deserve, you know, they're going to look at that. You all get manicures. 
once a month. I got to talk to a local salon. Hey, go get manicures. Take care of yourself. One, I'm I'm taking care of them, right? They right. feel good. It's good. They're getting a little pampered. But two, they have the confidence now about themselves. Because mm-hmm. I put that in their head like this matters. They yes. have great nails. So they're out there. You'd be surprised. Patients, oh, I love their nails. <laughs> a little smile, whatnot. He goes, but again, you do that. I'm going to take care of you. Whatever I need to do to make sure you can deliver amazing customer service, that's what we'll do. Third mm-hmm. thing, too, is uh, we just brought in like two hydrant for our office. It's like salt uh, frames and state frames. Put them all out there. Pick out any frame you guys want. You get them. If you can't get them, no one else will, right? And who's your biggest walking marketing billboard? It's your staff. There you yeah. go out there. They're going to say the good and the bad. Get those, and then they're 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 buying into the program. They see it firsthand. I'm willing to back it up on them, so they can do it for someone else. And yeah. it's, it's work great. So you're making it happen, right man. You're doing yeah. it. I love Ultimate it. Ultimate OD podcast. Got tons of stuff like that. Check it I out. I love it. Super love fun. It. We'll link it in the show notes so you can go and listen in. We love all fellow podcasters and getting the word of optometry out to the world. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. It, how often do you put out the episodes? Uh, once a week, every Thursday. Love Ooh. it. Ooh. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I got something new to listen to. I really there, there you be, be easy on me now. Running through. All, yeah. I love all the optometry podcasts. The, oh, the, the, really sec- the second part after the tip though, I honestly go over office talk. And the thing about that is you, you guys have done this, right? And it's nice to talk to other people that go through what you do. And I, when I listen to your guys' podcasts, like the patient that came in and, you know, they bought the costas on the beach, but they won't buy it in your office, right? Right. Like, you hear that and you think you're the only one, but then you hear someone say, they're like, oh, thank goodness it's not just yeah. me. <laughs> or you have something that happens. So I put it out there and honestly, it feels good for me to just put it out there and get it off my chest. Yes. But so many people have replied like, hey, thanks for the tip. I have that too. It just It's cool to have a community where we can share those experiences and it, it just is... I know it feels good, right? You're not alone. Misery and that's something, company. like I said, yeah, when I, when I started. Like tips too. Yeah. When I started, <laughs> I didn't have that. Yes. Right? I was by myself. I'm an ICO guy in Michigan. None <laughs> of my friends are here. <laughs> so just making friends as we go. Love it. Awesome. Well, we really appreciate you, Dr. Lee, taking your time. Clearly, you have multiple practices to deal with including your new subset sections and consultations and all these things and ultimate OD. So we appreciate you taking your time and sharing all of your knowledge and wisdom with our listeners. I appreciate you guys uh, having me on. And if I can ever help you guys out, let me know. I, I like I said, love Valley, love listening to you guys. It's, it's been awesome. Thank you. Well, that's it. Before we go, reach out to us for feedback, questions, stories, things you want us to talk about, either through email or on our Instagram or Facebook. We can't depart without saying thanks to Valley Contacts for their support, both the amazing lenses they make and the great people they are to work with. And be sure and tune in and listen to our next episode. But until then, try not to blink. Blink.